Thank you so much for our wonderful worship team, our musicians. Don't they, don't they do a good, good job? Awesome. Amen. Well, I'm going to jump back in. We are started a series last week and talking about the finish challenge. And, and uh, you'll see the banners over here, find, intercede, network, invest, send, and harvest. And so we recognize that we're a church on a mission, right? Amen? And as we recognize that we're a church on a mission, how many understand that every one of you are the church? Every one of us is not, well, the pastor's on a mission. Woo! Right? Well, I am on a mission. <laughs> but I recognize that every one of us are part of the body of Christ. We are on a mission. And that mission is to finish the great commission that God has called us to. Right? And, uh, you know, I, I just realized that there's a lot that entails. There's so much. And why would we do this? And how do we do this? And all those good good. Uh, questions that we have, uh, just just to recognize all these people who are camping. If y'all are watching me this morning, you're missed. Have a good time, but don't be gone long. And all of you who are thinking about going camping, enjoy your time. Get back soon. Invite me one night for a good steak dinner. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thankful that we have a good crew who, in, who, who have the opportunity. And one of these days when I get retired, uh, I might do something like that too. Right? Good stuff, right? Well, when you recognize that this is a part of the vision of the whole church of God, as a church on a mission, to finish the commitment, the finish, the plan that God has laid before us. We talked about finishing last week. And as a local congregation, you know, we feel that we are spirit-led, authentic, and you know, we, we want to be missional and life-giving and collaborative. We understand that that's who we are and how we are part of this finished commission. And, and, and I was reminded you know, of a scripture that really kind of spoke into my heart. And it's in Rome, uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse... Let me get my glasses out here. Verses 6 through 9. I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm going to start with um, verse 7, actually. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her. Think about that. It was given to her. It was granted to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to, the, to me, Right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't 
I don't perceive that we have a whole lot of time. I don't perceive that when I look into the world as we see it right now, we, we talk about Matthew chapter 24, and, it, and he tells us that how you can perceive the seasons. You can tell when it's going to be bad weather. You can tell when it's going to be good weather. And, and yet, how can you not see the signs of the time? And, and, and so I realize that we are living in such a time that we need to get ready. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to play around. We don't have time to just dilly-dally. And we, we really need to be focused. Amen? There was a song that I sung when I was uh, a younger man. I'm still young, just by the way. But uh, as I was reading the scripture, it really stirred. Is It goes like this. Is that wedding music that I hear? The bride's adorned and ready to appear. There's heavenly preparation for the wedding celebration. Is that wedding music that I hear? Amen. The family is preparing for a wedding. All of have been invited to attend. The bride is standing ready, waiting for the signal. When the groom says, Bride, my children, come on in. Is that wedding music that I hear? The bride's adorned and ready to appear. There's heavenly preparation for the wedding celebration. Is that wedding music that I hear? Soon we'll rise to leave this land of sorrow for that ceremony in the air. The Father then will lead us through that land of splendor. Have you made your preparation to go there? Is that wedding music that I hear? The bride's adorned and ready to appear. There's heavenly preparation for the wedding celebration. Is that wedding music that I hear? I don't know about you, but there's some wedding music being played. <laughs> and I recognize that there is a heavenly preparation that's been made, right? John 14 is very clear to us, right? He tells us that he's going to prepare a place for us. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. In other words, the Lord has prepared for us to come to him. And, and, and now the reality is, is that we are in a ground of preparation. Preparation. We are in a journey of preparing ourselves for what the Father has for us. Amen? And, and, and according to the scripture in Revelation chapter 19, he has granted us, he has given to us 
what it takes to walk in the linen, if you will, of righteousness. He's te- he, tells us, he's, he's told us that he's given us everything it takes to live in holiness and righteousness. It's a matter, are we willing to put on the garments? Are we willing to prepare ourselves for the plan that he has for us? Because here's the reality is, if, if, we, if we look back at, at the scripture, what we read last week of Joseph of Arimathea, if we don't have a desire for the body of Christ, then why would we go and find somebody else to bring them to the body of Christ? If we are not prepared to meet our maker, if you will, if we're not prepared to surrender to him, if we're not prepared to walk in the anointing of God that he's called us to walk in, why would we go and find somebody else to be what we are supposed to be? Because we will only reproduce what we are. Come on. We will only reproduce what we are doing in our lives Are we being the disciple that God's called us to be? Are we demonstrating the love of God that God's called us to? Are we walking in the anointing that God's called us to walk in? Woo! That's a shout. Come on. Amen? I mean, I recognize when you look at Luke chapter 14, and you look at this story or this parable that Jesus gives and Verse 16 through 24, he begins to tell a story of a master who invited people to come to the table. He made an invitation. The invitation has gone out to everyone. Amen? All are called, few are chosen. The invitation has gone out, but yet... What happens is, is there's people who are making excuses of why they can or why they can't do this and why I can't do that. And it's amazing to me to look at this. I mean, God is wanting all of us to be a part of his kingdom plan. But it's not the world that's often making the excuses. It's the people who already have this invitation because invitations, according to this a story, literally invitations go out a long time in advance. Now, The day has always been given to them, but the time is not known. And so here, these folks have received a meditation. They know the party's coming. They know the event is on its way. And yet when it comes time for that moment, the moment of the twinkling of an eye, they're now making excuses. Well, I bought a piece of property. I need to go check it out. Who goes and buys a piece of property without first looking at it? Come on. I mean, I want to make sure that I can, that it perks, right? I want to make sure I can build something on that piece of property. I want to make sure it's not something that's like this and that I can't get nothing on or I can't produce something on that property, right? Excuses. Well, I've got, I bought some oxen. I need to go try them out. What? I mean, who, who goes and does such a thing? I married a wife, and that could be an excuse. <laughs> what it boils down to is what the man says about a wife. He says, we can't come. I can't come. It all boils down to desire. It all boils down to what I want to do. Because 
in reality, we do what we want to do. We find a way. Well, I don't, I don't have enough money to go to the, this trip, but you'll make a way to go on your, the trip you want to go on. Right? We find a way. Excuses. And so if, if it is those who have been invited, how many understand that we're the invited? If, if it's those who have been invited that are constantly making the excuses that we can't be there, then, then how are we going to be the ones that are the servants who go out and, and compel them to come in? He says, go into the highways and byways, go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. But before he ever says that, he says, go get the lame, the maimed, go get those who are broken and hurting, go bring those in. We've done that, Lord, but guess what? There's still room. There's still room. There's still room for people in our community that need Jesus. There's still room for people who are broken, who maybe, maybe we look at and say, well, I don't know if I should invite them. Huh? There's still room. There's still room in the kingdom. And guess what? If every church in our community, if every seat was filled in every church of our community, there would still be room. I don't begrudge new churches. Thank God for new churches. We're on the same team. Thank God for new ministries. Thank God for people who have a heart because of what Jesus told his disciples, if they're not against us, they're for us. We are together. We're on the same team. We have a plan, and we want to reach people. Amen. Amen. What Joseph of Arimathea realized in, is that and I'm reflecting back on the message from last week in Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 60. Joseph, what he recognizes is that he had an anticipation that there was a third day coming, right? We talked about the fact that, that, he, that he begged the body of Christ. He, and what that means, begged, is to is to long for, to crave, or to need. He had a need to be a part of the body of Christ. He had a need to cover. The Bible says that he wrapped it in clothes and he covered that body. But there's also an anticipation, though, that as a disciple, he understood what Jesus said, that he would, that he would rise on the third day. Come on. And so we need to have an expectation and understanding that we're living in a third day. We're living in a moment that Jesus could split the, the skies just like that. And are we ready? And who are we preparing to come with us? Who are we pouring into? Who are we discipling? Who are we reaching? Who are we trying to find to get into the kingdom of God? Because the time is running short. Amen. Psalms chapter 90 verse 4 says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, like a watch in the night. Second Peter chapter 3 and 8 says, But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Come on. We talk about Jesus walking this earth 2,000 years ago. But guess what, guys? We're in the 
the third year. We're in the third year. It's past the 2,000 mark. We're at the beginning of of the 3,000 mark. We're in the beginning of the third year, and therefore we need to be aware that at any time now the Lord could come back. Right? I mean, this is, this is a, a truth that we can grab a hold of. Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 through 18 says, Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning. Come on. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thundering and lightning and a, and a thick cloud of, uh, on, on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Guys, we're at that, we're at the precept of, of the Lord stepping out. We're, we're, on the, we're in the third day in the morning. Does that happen? I mean, at the beginning of a 3,000 periods, you know, is that, is that 100 years in? Is that 200 years in or is that a couple years in? We don't know. We don't know the day nor the hour, but the Bible tells us that uh, as the days of Noah, and I'm here to tell you, if we can't look back and see that the days of Noah are being replicated in right now, then we have been spiritually blinded by the enemy and we are unaware of what is happening around us. Every society, biblically speaking, that has gone into what we are going through right now has been destroyed. And guys, we need to be ready. If you're you're, uh, not participating on our Wednesday night or not watching our Wednesday night series, I, I would encourage you to do that. We're talking about the seven churches. In this past Wednesday night, we talked about the church of Smyrna. And the thing is, is that so many times I feel like we, we feel like, well, you know, we won't have to suffer. We won't have to, we won't have to face all the trials. But in reality, Smyrna faced the trials. They were not promised of deliverance. They were not promised that that everything was going to be beautiful. That they were not promised that, that they would be wealthy and prosperous and have everything they wanted and everything they needed because they loved Jesus. The promise that they had is that the Lord, that they would have a crown of life and that they would not be harmed by the second death. I, I, I know, guys, there, there's a lot of um, preachers out there that are name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, right? Oh, if you'll just give $100 today, Lord will just take care of your need. I wish I could say that that everything's going to be beautiful. But what the Lord wants to know is, will you be faithful when it's not beautiful? How will you be able to explain to those who go through trials 
and find themselves broken. If we're only preaching a gospel of prosperity, if we're only tickling the ears and telling them how how puffed up and wonderful it will be if you'll just trust Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus said, they're going to hate you like they hated me. He said, if you'll suffer with me, you'll also glory with me. And so we have to be mindful and understand that we're living in a last day moment and the things that are going about us, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, that we shouldn't uh, participate in, in our governmental systems. I'm not saying that we should, I'm not saying anything negative towards that. Yes, pray for our government. Pray for those who are over us. The Bible declares of us. Participate, be, be active in that process. But ultimately, know that if it doesn't go our way, are you still willing to trust Jesus? Are you still willing to recognize that our kingdom is not of this world, right? My home that I'm preparing for is being prepared for me already in heaven, amen? And the one who is preparing it said that he will come again and receive me where he is so that I will be with him also, right? That's his word to us. That's his truth to us. And we need to grasp a hold of that we're living in a third day moment, The Israelites had never experienced God in such a manifestation. I think too many times we're looking for God to manifest himself the way we've always had him manifest. This is the way God did it back then. This is the way God touched me then. What if God does something different now? Are you in tune enough with his spirit to recognize that God may do something different now? He may do something different. Maybe we have gone asleep a little bit and we're a a little bit, got a little stuff in our eyes and we're not seeing so clearly. But but let me tell you something, God is on the move. There's people being delivered. There's people being transformed by the power of God. We better open our eyes. We better be the church of God today because there are people who are needing the anointed of God today. Look, we can sit around and lullaby ourselves to sleep, but there are people who are being demonically oppressed. There are people who are being influenced by the demonic. And and let me tell you something. When you look at this move that kills babies, when you look at this move that that according to Romans chapter 1, they begin to have unnatural relationships with each other, it is a move of the demonic. People are being influenced by the enemy. And if we're not prepared, if we don't have our minds set to what is the truth of God, how will we, how will we be able to break the, the, the darkness? How will we be able to overcome the enemy if we are not aware of the light of God that comes to shine light on the darkness? It is the anointing, the Bible tells us, that breaks the yoke of darkness, the yoke of bondage. And if we are not walking in the anointing, how can we accomplish what God has called us in purpose to do? God help us. God help us. 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 5 says, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. 
God hears your prayers. But are we praying? God sees our tears, but are we crying any longer? God sees our heart, but is our heart truly broken for what has broken his? Hey, look, the third day's coming. The third day's here. Are we prepared for when he comes to go to the house of the Lord, to Bethel, the place of God, the house of God? We're prepared to experience him. What the scripture tells us is there has to be a repentance. There has to be a reconciliation. There has to be a time where, where we truly recognize that we are, we are in need to be a part of the body and that we can't just have animosity. We can't just have a, a tug of war, but we need to be on the same page. We need to be marching together because the enemy wants to stir up division. The enemy wants us to be at each other's throat. The enemy wants us to, to look at authority as illegitimate and wants us to, well, my way's the best way. But it's, it's not about us. It's about him. And are we submitted to him? Are we willing to look at each other and say, you know what, I don't understand or I don't, I don't agree, but let's talk this out. Let's pray together. Let's, let's come together and let's uh, seek the face of God for his direction and his will, recognizing that we are brothers and sisters in Christ because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, right? We're wrestling against all other things. This is not about you and I disagreeing. It's not about each of you disagreeing. It's not about us and the church across the street disagreeing. It's about us walking in the spirit of God and recognizing that God has a plan for every single one of us and we are his vessels. And are we ready? And are we willing to work together? Yes, Lord. Hosea chapter 6, 1 through 3 says, come let us return to the Lord. Yes, Lord, let it be, right? For he, has torn, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. It goes on and says, let us, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord he is going forth, his established as in the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter rain, the former rain to the earth. Man, I'm going to tell you something. After two days, he will revive us. I believe that, that God wants to revive his body. There are many that, that I believe are, are on life support. Come on. There's something breathing for them, and it's not them breathing themselves. They're dependent or codependent on the local body of the church. They're dependent on a pastor. But the Lord wants you to understand that he wants a relationship with you. It's not just what you can get on Sunday morning, but it's what you're getting on Monday. It's what you're getting on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Are you living and breathing in him on a daily basis? Are you allowing the presence of God to, to show up in you every single day? Because he wants to revive us. 
He wants us to experience an outpouring of his presence. And it just doesn't happen on Sunday morning. It can happen on Monday morning in your prayer closet. It can happen on Tuesday night when you get down and you're believing and praying for each other. God can pour out himself in that moment. God wants revival to start in your home and with you. Because when you come revived, we have a different story. Jaden was sharing with me a scripture. He says, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst. He says, you know, if we think about the name of God, God is love. He said, and when two or three are gathered together in my name, what he's saying is, he says, my love is present. My my love is right there with them. And my love, think about this. This is what the Bible says about love. Love cast out all fear. Love overcomes, right? Love is powerful. Love is amazing. And when when the body of Christ comes together in a mindset that they are walking in the spirit of God, then the love of God is permeating the place and the people experience the presence of God because he's here. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but have not love. How often do we sound like that? How often do we walk around spiritually puffed up and prideful, declaring that we are a Christian, that we are a child of God with a bad attitude? How often do we sit at a table in a restaurant thinking that I'm going to be a good witness to the waitress today? And all they hear is, because there's no love demonstrated. I don't know about you, but I need to be revived. I want to be revived. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to reside in me. Uh, It was stated this morning, do we have a right to have a bad attitude. <laughs> that hurts, doesn't it? Did you have to say that, Pastor? I mean, look, do, are we disappointed? Who, who, who gets disappointed sometimes? Yeah. But what do we display in our disappointment? Do we display the let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus? Could Jesus have a bad attitude? He could. He he had a right to. I mean, have you been beaten? (laughs) Have you 
been denied and rejected over and over and over again? But this is Jesus' words to them, even at the crux of the most horrific moment in history as he hung on a cross. He looked out of the, out of the crowd. He didn't say, curse every one of them and cast them into hell. No, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Look, we, we have an important task ahead of us to find the lost. Jesus said, it is my meat to do the will of him who sent me. And Jesus tells us, he said, I come to seek and to save the lost. That's what he says in Luke chapter 19 and 10. I've come to seek and to save the lost. Our, our, our role, what God's called us to do, is to seek and save the lost. We're to be salt. That's what the Bible says, to be salt and to be light. He even tells us on, down in that same chapter that if the salt loses its savor, it's neither good for the dung pile, right? Just throw it out. And so, are we salty saints? Huh? I know that that's a new term these days. Man, they're a little salty. That means kind of got a latitude. But I'm talking about, are we flavorful for the kingdom of God? Amen? Are we caring about something that will draw people? Are we caring about something that will that people will look and say, man, whatever they got, man, that's what I want to have. I don't know how they're living. I don't know how they're making it. I don't know how they keep a, a smile on their face. I, I don't understand how in the world are they, are they so cheerful? How in the world are they living so excited because, man, they're going through a hard time? Man, it seems like the world's just crashing in on them, and they're just walking around like, nothing's wrong. That's attractive. Everybody can complain. Everybody can get down into the old nasty mud hole just like the world does and we can waller in it and we can talk about it and how awful it is and we can look so messy and nasty. But let me tell you something, when we're able to rise up above that and say, for whatever reason the Lord has me in this situation, I'm trusting him. And when you begin to walk in such a imagery and such a, a lifestyle that people recognize that, that there's an anointing on you. There's something different about you. People will be attracted. It's not even that you have to go into the highways and the hedges to find them. They'll find you. They'll say, ma'am, I don't know what you're doing, but man, I want what you have. That's what we're looking for. That's what Jesus, Jesus, the, the crowds came to him because they heard of what he was doing. They heard of what was happening around him. Matter of fact, Jesus on a few occasions tried to discourage them. He says, if you really want to follow me, you got to hate your mother, you got to hate your brother, you got to hate your family, you got to eat my flesh. And they're like, what? Okay, let's go. Why would we want to live this life? Because according to Luke chapter 15, we were once a lost sheep. And Jesus loved us enough to leave the 99 
to find us. We were the lost coin. And Jesus was willing to sweep the whole house to search for you. Why do we do, why do, we do this? Because God first loved us. We don't even have the capacity to love as he loved unless we have him in our heart. But we do it because he first did it for us. We recognize that we are living in a third day moment. We realize that we're living in the last days. And the same one who loved us, who was so eager to stretch out his arms and die on a cross, gave us this same commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. What do you say? Go, make disciples of all nations, teaching them all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. Why? Because he's first done that for us. And as the Father has sent me, this is what he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. God's called us to, to reach the lost. We have a challenge we all came forward, many came forward, to accept the challenge to finish the work. But a part of finishing the work is we've got to live a life that's able to attract others. We've got to live a life that's willing to submit to the presence and power of God and say, Lord, you are my only strength and my only hope. If everything else has to leave, if everything else I have to give up, I'm willing to give it up because because this world is temporary and eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't want anything to keep me from eternity. I don't want anything that, to become the idol that I put above my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing, there's not a sport, there's not an activity, there's nothing that I want to hinder my relationship with him because he's number one. He has to be. Amen? Y'all still love me? We ready? We better get ready. As T.D. Jake says, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Somebody come play. Love is the motive. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This is another thing. God sent his son into the world. John 3.17. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Look, we can condemn everything around us because there's a lot of need for condemnation because the house seems broken down and unlivable. But God didn't call us to go around condemning things. He called us to a ministry of reconciliation. He called us into a ministry of restoration. Are we willing to see the broken humanity and say Christ died even for them because I once 
was one of them. Are we willing to recognize that the love of God that was so passionate, calling, even calling the scene of the cross the passion, he was so passionate to love us, so passionate for us, God help us to have the passion that you had for us. God help us to also display that same passion. Love has to be the method because 1 John 3 and 11 says, for this is the message that you heard from me in the beginning, that you should love one another. Man, we could spend a long time on love, right? It's easy to Hate's a hard word. It's easy, though, to hate the society and the, the, the putridness of what's going on. Sadly is, is that there's so many who have been deceived by the messages, messages of the world. It's like an echo chamber. They keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. They say it long enough. Look, a lie's not true unless you believe it. And there's so many people who have believed the lie. It's just an echo chamber. But the body of Christ needs to stand up and start having the truth displayed and communicated and talked to over and over again. Young people, bring your Bibles with you to school. Don't let anybody intimidate you and say they can't. Bring your Bible with you to school. Set it on the desk. Look, if you work at a desk job, put your Bible on your desk. I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm asking you to be a bearer of the Word of God. Let people realize we, we, we've, we've been hiding a shell too long. It's time to, to be a bearer of the Word of God. Guess what? They may not like you. It may not make you friends. But I guarantee you this, the one above will be smiling down at you. The Lord himself will empower you. The Lord himself will recognize you just as he did the church of Smyrna. He's to be faithful unto death. I'll give you the crown of life. Are we willing to be faithful? Amen. Listen, there's some folks that that you that you know that the Lord has already spoken to your spirit that you're supposed to go after. There's some people that you need to find. You already know who they are. There's not necessarily a, a need to find them. I think I just left a portion of this over there. Write a list. Write down three people that you know that God has given you a relationship with or that you are building a relationship with right now. Write their names down. You know they need Jesus. You know that they are struggling, you know that they're hurting, you know that they're broken. And the only way out 
is Jesus Christ. Make a list. Write them down. Let's make them a priority of our prayer. Let's make them a priority. God, give me the divine appointment. Make the ground fertile that I will be able to pour into them so that they can experience your love as I have experienced your love. Let's be the evangelistic church. Let's be the evangelist. I'm not asking you to stand behind a pulpit with your hair slicked back in three-piece suit. But be a bearer of the gospel. Be someone who shares the gospel in your home. It's time to find. Amen? Amen. That's all right. If you would say, Pastor, I need, I, need, I need you to pray for me. I've got a challenge. I've got somebody that I already have in my mind that I, I'm already working on, but I need, I need the support of this church to pray for me because it's a tough situation, but I believe God is the God of the impossible. There's a hand. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Those of you who got your hand raised, would you stand right where you are? If you were near someone who had their hand raised, would you, would you just put your hands on them? Can we pray together? We want to believe today that God is going to anoint you. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to open a door for you to show his love. As we're praying, I want you to pray for Reese Thomas. His son, Michael, passed away yesterday. And we're going to believe for him and to touch Reese and give him courage and strength during this time. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you are sending us into this world. But Lord, the promise is, is that as you send us, you will be with us. And Lord, our dependence is not on our knowledge. Our dependence is not on our ability. Our dependence is on you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you will make a way where there is no way, that you will begin to open doors, that you will begin to open the avenues for conversations that will transform those who we're seeking change their life. God, I pray that if it is a hard ground, if it is a, a ground that has, has been disturbed by atheism and, and darkness, God, I pray that you will begin to shine the light in the darkness. That, Lord, that you will begin to open the eyes of their heart to know you, to see that you are the only way, truth, and life. Lord, just, just as you have in Muslim countries and just as you have in, in, in Hindu countries and showed up and miraculously shown yourself and transformed generations of people, I pray that you will show up in every one of these situations, God. Lord, that your love will abound. God, that we will represent you as an ambassador of the, of, of, of the King, God, that we will lift up your name, that we will show forth the love of God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for sons and daughters. There's some who are standing because of a son or a daughter. And Lord, I'm agreeing with them right now. God, just as your word says in John 3 and 17, that the Son of Man has not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through you might be saved. We're believing, God, 
that your truth, that your word says, it is not my will for any to perish, but for all to have come into repentance. Lord, we're praying, God, that their hearts will be turned to repentance. And Lord, that they'll be reconciled into the body of Christ, that they'll be made whole because of who you are. Lord, we're believing for healing to take place. There are some who are broken and they need a healing touch. Emotionally, they have been hurt. Emotionally, they've been abused. Sexually, they've been abused. But in Jesus' name, we know that you are able to bind up the brokenhearted. And we're praying that we'll be the agents of the truth of God to reach into homes to transform their lives. God, give us your anointing. Let us walk in your anointing. Let us walk in your favor. Let us walk in your presence. God, we're believing for you. Believing in the kingdom expansion. Believing for you to to work through your people to finish what you started. Let us be true hands and feet in this world. Let us be a mouthpiece to share your love, your gospel, your truth. Lord, let the world, or let the world recognize grasp a hold of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You believe it? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm believing with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, tonight we're, is our fourth Sunday. We have, we have a service tonight. Our youth pastor is going to be preaching the Word of God. We have a great great work. Come here, Mr. Billy Fincham. The Lord has been using this guy in a mighty way. And along with that anointing that God has been placing on him has also been an attack of the enemy, super diligent and hard. And I want to believe uh, for him, I'm, ex- I'm ex- excited about the word of God uh, that, that, that the Lord's already put in his heart for us tonight. It's going to be a great time of worship, great time of word. But would you just stretch your hand this way? Come here, Paige. Stand beside him. and Let's agree together for this family. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for a, a couple, a family whose heart is towards you. Servants willing to do whatever it takes, God, to, to proclaim your truth. And Lord, I pray that you, as being Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, God will make a way where there is no way. God, that you will cover them by your presence and that you will guard them from the, from the task of the enemy, knowing that no weapon forged against us shall prosper. And Lord, that they will, they will rise above. They will be the servants, the vessels that you've called them to be. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Look forward to seeing you. If you can, come tonight. Love to have you. It's going to be a great time. Let God have his way. Amen. This coming Wednesday night will be our men's and women's uh, ministry night. So youth will go on. Children's ministries will go on. But uh, the men and women uh, will be de- will be separating right after worship for men and women to get together and uh, have a good ministry night together. God bless you guys.